0: Did I fall asleep?
1: For a little while. Shall I go now? If you like. (laughs) Exterminate!
2: Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead.
1: No! Sci-Fi
3: Saturday Night. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the November 6, 2010 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, coming down off the sugar high from last week's stealing candy from the grays, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight, from the Austin Brighton Hellmouth, our technical wizard, and Amy Pondette, Kriana.
0: Hi, I can't do a Scottish accent, though.
3: Okay, not a problem.
0: Okay. We're with you.
3: FYI. <laughs> from the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, fresh from their All Hallows' Eve semi-voluntary organ transplant, hullabaloo, and plasma-swilling extravaganza, Illustrator X and his
4: reanimated Princess of the Damned, the dead redhead. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, the gun... P- oh, that was yesterday.
5: <laughs> I am Antagony!
1: <laughs>
4: no, you're not, but it's okay. Okay. <laughs>
3: Uh, tonight's talkcast is uh, coming down off the sugar high, uh, still nursing uh, some fairly interesting headaches from last weekend. And joining us is Colin Solon from Boston Comic Con. Colin, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Awesome. Pleasure to have you with us. And sometime uh, when we get bored with whatever else we're talking about, we're going to start dishing about Boston <laughs> Comic Con because I got to tell you, Boston Comic Con is what, six months away? Is it uh, six Yeah,
2: a little away? under that now. Yeah.
3: A little under six months away. And there is already a guest list to die for. So, that in mind, ladies and germs, let's talk about the week in the genre. I'm going to start with seeing as we started with the. Uh, Eliza Dushku, uh, start with Eliza Dushku in The Big Bang Theory. Anybody catch that this week? Yeah,
1: Eliza oh, yeah. Dushku was great in The Big Bang
3: Theory. It yeah, was, was very funny. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you forget that, yeah, she's, she's this sexy, wonderful actress. She also did some of the best deadpan comedy she's ever done.
0: Well, she's not yeah. actually a wonderful actress, you know that. She just has nice boobs. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> she's a horrible actress. Are you blind?
3: No, I'm not blind, which is why she's a wonderful
4: actress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those shows.
3: Yes, it is, isn't it?
4: I, I think this season, though, Big Bang is going for a record for how many little guest appearances they can get. What? They had uh, George Takei on already this season and um, Starbuck there. And
0: Watson. That was awesome. Him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> They were, so yeah, they were show stealers. They stole the entire show.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, and it's just going to be more and more fun watching. You know, the cool thing was watching uh, Eliza's uh, tweeting prior to the show airing. And she was just like this giddy little kid going, "I can't believe I'm doing this show," <laughs> you know, and it was just so funny to watch. It was it was just great fun, and it, and it was uh, it was actually a joy.
4: Yeah. anybody catch Fringe this week?
0: Nope. La, la, la,
4: Not
3: yet. Not yet. I Are we gonna watched in it?
0: Fringe at all this season? Oh. And, uh, what? I was too depressed by Olivia being all sad and trapped in the other universe.
3: Uh, actually, been a the way wonderful that's, season. Yeah,
4: it's been really
3: good so far. And wait uh, a minute,
4: Wait a minute. If you don't like sad television, you shouldn't be watching television right now because <laughs> most of the good series.
0: Yeah, are
3: know. depressing.
4: Wow. So, yeah.
3: Good. So, what I, else
0: do you think I should be watching? Like,
3: well, other
0: than Big Bang? Yeah. We, <laughs> we know well, for a
3: fact you didn't watch Walking Dead last week.
0: No, 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 but I plan on it. Okay. okay that one's going to be
1: awesome.
0: Good. Again,
4: very, you know,
5: I can't say it's
4: depressing, though, but then again, we're fans of the zombie genre.
5: And so. the comic, and no, I'm not going to give any spoilers. But the comic ex- itself is pretty darn dark. Anybody well, reads Walking yeah, Dead, but, it's very I mean, dark. I
4: thought the compared to the comic, the the TV show was a light G-rated romp. <laughs> uh, the comic book, right it, now, the comic right book now. itself is an antidote to joy. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a, it is now. It is one of the best comic books out there. It is. Amazingly well written, well paced, well plotted. The artwork is phenomenal. Well, wait a uh, minute.
3: Okay, now look at the TV show.
4: That uh, was one of the most
3: that, well right.
4: paced television, hours of television yes. I've ever seen. I will say this.
5: Yes, the is awesome.
4: Kudos to Frank Darabont for. Um, well, I think you said it. You, you reviewed this. You reviewed it uh, on our show, uh, you know, on, on the website earlier this week. I did. You said that it respects the source material. Absolutely, dude. Thank God, because so many times, you know, people are just like, oh, we'll just take the name and rewrite it. This is what scares me about the new Captain America movie, but that's a whole lot. We'll we'll get to Lieutenant Underpants in a minute. (laughs) Um, Oh, jeez. But no, it was very good. And uh, one thing I noticed watching The Walking Dead is the beginning. Um Darabon is not afraid to use silence. Yep. Absolutely. It was amazing. No, it was no, wonderful. Right. Yes. No background music, no chirping no d just Nothing. having someone walk through a very silent background. Now, um actually this it's one thing about The Walking Dead, and I I don't think it's a spoiler because pretty much this is part of the whole hype as far as we're using this motif that keeps getting used in zombie movies of someone, you know, has some sort of issue occur. They go out for, like, a couple of weeks. They wake up, and it's zombie town. Um, and they're going to
3: try and figure out at that point what the hell's going on, what's their place in the world. Right. And is there any way to bring a sense of sanity and normalcy to it? And the beauty of this first show was the answer was a resounding, ah, no, no.
4: But I mean, it was used in in, uh, 28 Days Later, and uh, it was originally used uh, back in the early 60s in the filmed version of Day of the Triffids. If you remember that, the the same thing. Guy wakes up in the hospital... And it's dead silent. I mean, it's a horrible movie, but it's, you know. Just it, like 28 Days
0: Later.
4: Look at, oh, oh, nice.
3: Look and at, at a Charlton Dr. Heston. Heston. Look did at Charlton
4: Heston in, uh, in, in The Omega Man.
0: Yes.
3: Same thing.
4: Oh, good point, Charlton Heston. Yes, one the of the dead first dead of uh, I Am Legend. Yes. No, the, none of
3: the. Not
5: the Will Smith version, though.
3: Thank God. <laughs> the dead silence that permeates that first four minutes of the film. No music, no nothing.
4: And then suddenly he just says, "They'll be up." Wait, it's getting dark. It's getting dark. I'll be up soon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just seems to be. It's. I wonder what it's. Something about the zombie motif where it's like you can't just watch it gradually happen. You almost have to be dropped into it. Uh, Dead Redhead. Yes. You were in a zombie movie. I was. Why is it that you have to, there's this motif of having to be dropped in the middle of it?
5: Well, when George was doing it, uh, when George did his original, George. George Romero, when George Romero did his original Um, it was after the chaos started, it was this meteor, meteor supposedly had gone by. Okay. Yeah. This was a meteor. It had gone by and for whatever reason, stuff came out of the meteor. Um, nobody thought anything of it except suddenly the dead started to come back to life and nobody, nobody Hmm. knew what was going on at that point.
4: Now that goes back again to John Wyndham's novel day of the Triffids. Okay. So you know, I
0: think the better zombie movies don't just drop you right in the middle of it. Case in point, Shaun of the Dead.
3: The
4: hmm, that's okay. No, because you're right. It's like a half and half thing. It's it's something I've noticed enough in zombie movies where it's like. It just you just sort of wake up and it's like, Oh wow, what happened to the world?
5: Okay, and, and I will give you Dead Alive because Dead Alive which oh. is one of the few movies Oh yeah. One of the few movies that I do put up with um that would it would be the only zombie movie that I would put above a George Romero zombie movie. Would be Day of the Day uh, would be um Dead Alive, and that came from a bite of a weird rat creature, rat animal creature in Australia, which right. then started, mm. people started biting each mm. other and probably had more gore in it than but, all of George's movies put together. But
4: I mean, aside from George's more recent films, the zombies genre seems to have gotten silly lately, like with Zombieland and all this, and I think what Frank Darabont's doing is bringing it solidly right back into people, this is really scary stuff and I'm not going to pull any punches.
3: No, and I mean, he goes so far as to not pull any punches with that opening sequence.
5: Yep. Yes. Now, yes, a little girl. A little girl. No, little
3: girl. Now, no you know what? That, no, that has been talked about all over the place. Showed, no yeah. But the reality is, as, as the unintended observer to this, the audience watching the the sheriff's deputy walk through this devastation, this Mm -hmm. silence, sees the shadow of the girl. Then the girl turns from the side of the car, and you see what it is. And you see what the director is willing to do in that first two
4: minutes. Right. Well, you know, Frank Darabont is one of the few people who can actually film Stephen King and get away with it. Because most of Stephen King's stuff is doesn't translate well to film, but The, we, the Green is, Mile.
5: Most of it's god-awful. Yeah. Well,
4: most of it doesn't translate but, well to books, but that's a whole of
5: it. <laughs> hey, hey hey, <laughs> hey, hey,
4: hey. But The Green Mile, I thought, was an <laughs> excellent adaptation. Uh, he got it dead on. and yes. uh, So I was really excited when I heard he was excited. And you know what the best thing about The Walking Dead was? The very best thing about that show, seeing the credits at the beginning, and there are the comic book creators. Yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. the you know, there's the writers, there's the penciler and inker, and I'm like, that I'm just so happy to see that. You know,
3: but, it, but did you do the the, uh, the makeup? Well, Kirk,
2: Kirkman's like he's directly involved with the uh, with the production. I I I got to see the Walking net panel. Down at New York Comic Con a few weeks ago, and he he's he's writing episodes, and you know he's he's very much an active uh, producer of, of the show itself.
4: Yeah, well, and I expect to see Kirkland's name on it, but seeing Charlie Adlard, you know, it's like nobody talks about Charlie Adlard, and it's like there he is. I'm like, good, I'm glad you're getting your due. It's because it's like when you see the Spider-Man movies and they say Stan Lee up on the big screen, it's like, okay, fine. But then I'm looking at the movie, and I was like, well, that came out of a Jerry Conway script. This came out of a Todd McCromwell right, right, show. Right, right, right. And they're not giving anyone their due. But Charlie Adlard, I think, is one of the best artists out there because he he can draw anything.
3: But wasn't the makeup very reminiscent of the stuff that Adlard did in the book?
5: Yes, Nick, that was, I believe, Nicotero looked to be in charge of that, Greg Nicotero, who did... Learn under Tom Savini, who is, of course, George Romero's right-hand mm-hmm. man. And it, it, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. I thought he did an amazing job.
0: I mean,
3: you know, my, my, the, the two points that I think needed to be made was, uh, you know, an unwillingness to sugarcoat the more grisly aspects of the story, which they right? didn't do. Right. And a network willing to support it. And if it's not Fox, you got a better shot at it.
5: <laughs> kudos to AMC you know AMC, absolutely. They don't have a lot of shows, but the shows they have out have been so Yeah well they're so classy. You know. I mean I mean really they just seen I know the Madman is more you might think of it as more of a classy movie, but it's they're classy, the way that they directed, the actors, everything, they're good stuff.
1: Mm, absolutely. So kudos no, to
5: absolutely
4: but you know what else happened in the week, though, uh, that we want to talk about? Does because else I think
1: matter?
4: I'm sorry. Well, again, uh, there there are a couple things going on. You know, um, um, now one thing that was added, I do want to mention very quickly because it makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Um, what is this rumor about the a filmed version of Akira? <laughs> <laughs>
1: the oh. rumor,
4: the
3: rumor is, and it's a disgusting rumor, and I agree with you. <laughs> the rumor is that Zac Efron is huh. going to play the lead role ah! in Albert Hughes' upcoming live-action adaptation of Akira. Ah!
1: Uh, wow. <laughs> I mock your
0: pain.
4: Oh, my God. <laughs> neo Nashville about to explode. <laughs> so he's going to be playing Canada then? Yeah, have a motorcycle?
3: Yes, know. that's that's what they're saying.
0: Oh, man. Brilliant casting. Well, let me guess.
4: Canada will probably be named Kenny.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of will, be Kenny. Tommy. will he sing? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Kenny, what happened on South Park this week? Oh, it was so
5: amazing. They actually did, combined Cthulhu and My Neighbor Totoro.
0: How do you do that? (laughs) Well, with Cartman, obviously. How do you do that? You know. With
5: Keen and Finn's. his brain almost exploded out through the top of his head. When
4: I'm watching, I saw last week's episode, and I'm like, this is is that scene from Clockwork Orange. This is the scene by the canal. (laughs) And then this week I'm watching it, and it's like, this is that scene from my neighbor, neighbor, Totoro when they're in the giant tree. Oh, oh lord! My God! And then, yep. That's. I mean, there's uh, there's a portion of me that's so really cool. glad
3: I just don't watch that show.
0: <laughs> it was awesome, and it they finally awesome. figured out why Kenny keeps coming back. Yeah. I know. That's what was
5: really cool. Um,
0: and Kenny's I, Mysterion. I,
4: my hats off to to the spoiler, to the creators of South Park, because you know. So many shows that go on for so long just get stale. Simpsons. and uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, what? It's only 28 years. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? After the fifth year, I was like, okay, I'm done. South Park, I can't get enough of. It's fresh. It's always good. With Rerick. Well, no, I can't say always, but... That's right. Nine yeah, out of there ten episodes. Been a few
5: that it was like. Eh. Nine
4: out of ten times, I watch it and I laugh my ass off. And they're so good at taking a parody of, of throwing in little hints. That's what they're good at. Though, you know, yeah. seeing a Miyazaki film parodied like that was just a treat. <laughs> and isn't actually isn't uh, Miyazaki working on Porco Rosso two right now? Oh good lord! Oh no, good seriously, lord. that's what How I heard. Cool see, is that. Project. We should be getting that in, 2000, in 2011, which means 2011 should be the best year ever for films. <laughs> uh, we're we
3: getting what?
1: Stuff.
4: Okay, so, well, so.
3: Here, here's a bad film that could go up against it. X-Files 3.
5: Oh, please.
0: Why? Well, why? Okay. why X-Files? Second of all, why was it there an X-Files film? Third of all, why was there an X-Files 2? And fourth of all, Really, X Files three really?
3: Well, here's the reality. Uh, the reality is that uh, Duchovny is already signed to play. Confirmed that the script is based and and uh, waiting for a green light.
0: Okay, but they nobody likes have- Duchovny. Nobody watched oh. that show for him.
5: They were actually Um, at our Halloween party. I don't know if (laughs) Priyanka remembers
0: that or not. Oh, whoops. Um,
5: (laughs) Did I make out with him? Let's see. (laughs) What's funny is they had a file on us, which I thought was hilarious.
3: (laughs) Well, the interesting thing is that he himself agrees in this interview that two was a mistake at any number of levels. Oh, the
5: first thing was a mistake.
3: I agree that the first movie was a mistake as well.
0: The TV series was pretty much a mistake.
3: No, absolutely no, not. I'll no. okay,
0: the first three seasons no, after that I, I'll I, give you four.
4: I never saw the You're appeal generous. of that TV series. I, I always thought... It's fringe... like
0: Smallville and it's epic level of uselessness. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow.
3: Okay, that's really spitting on someone's <laughs> grave. To, to compar- compare it to Smallville at this point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, again, I've said it before that, you know, Fringe is basically the X-Files done right. I mean, because it shows that, well, you can do a good show on Fox about this sort of thing. It's just you need Walter.
0: <laughs> Clearly, you just need Walter.
4: Oh,
3: no, uh, no. You, you, you need the ensemble that that cast really has. Yes. There's yeah, no. an incredible synergy in even even the secondary and tertiary players in that, in that show that is just amazing.
0: I love um, and story. I have I have a shout out to Scott and and the cow.
1: <laughs> okay, then. Right? He's and obsessed the with the
0: cow. You know, it's a thing. Yes, oh, the cow. I know what you mean. Yes, I know hey, exactly. Where what else you're... are you gonna get fresh milk at three in the morning?
4: <laughs> and, uh, That's true. Well, I'd tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> so, uh, and that brings us to Firefly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> okay. How did we how did
4: we get to Firefly? And it's the show doing? that refuses to die like a zombie. It's my uh,
0: favorite gun. And
4: I <laughs> understand there's an origin story that's out this week. Kriana.
0: Oh yes, it's Shepard book finally, Woo. finally had his story told this week in the comic book, which I have not yet read, but I am dying to get my hands on. Because who is more mysterious than Shepard Book? That's right. They oh, explained I... everyone else. Except for him.
4: Hey, well, I mean, he got his start as a detective working under Barney Miller.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh.
4: Uh, redhead, you yeah. can hit him now.
0: <laughs> Please. The rest of us. Ow! <laughs>
3: and talking about the Wheaton universe, uh, Victor from Dollhouse... Is going to be on Torchwood?
0: Perhaps you... it is rumored.
5: Wait a uh, minute! Wait you minute. know they have the hottest guys on Torchwood. <laughs> 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 they do.
4: Whether they're straight or not is not the issue. They're just hot.
3: They're just
5: you. hot.
4: Well, <laughs> our ratings just shot up, among other
1: things.
4: I <clears throat> um, got that's all our that game shot up, and I'm demographic Is anybody, anybody right, right now? Does anybody know when the new season of Torchwood will start?
5: Is it going to be U.S.?
3: Yes, it will be a simultaneous U.S. BBC, and I think they're talking twenty twelve.
4: But no, they're going to be based in the U.S. And then the Doctor Doctor Who's going to be in the U.S. Um, and so what? They're going to be investigating these bike gangs in Neo L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: they're meeting up with Snake Bliskin, but that's a whole <laughs> other <episode.
1: laughs>
3: Oh, the world is just abounding with in jokes tonight, isn't it? And, Ooh, and well,
0: yeah, indeed. Our one listener just left because they were frustrated
4: about your in. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but uh, no, see, there's been plenty of have been happening this week in sci-fi. I mean, <sighs> I mean, again, we well, had. Well,
5: there's supposed to be a new BBC superhero TV show on. Which is going to be starting. We'll have yeah, basically
4: they took the concept from the, uh, the live-action Tick series about the superheroes hanging out in a bar in a yep. Chinese restaurant. Yep, that's all right. <laughs> uh, Which just goes to show that
3: Douglas Adams truly is not dead. <laughs> Douglas
4: Adams? Please. <laughs> he never touched superheroes. No, but he was hanging around in bars with the tick. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> okay, so uh, so what did you talk about on the show last night? Oh, about how Douglas Adams used to hang around in bars. <laughs> with the tick. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: funny because there's, there's a whole lot of genre uh, television right now that's is sitting just under the radar, but actually doing quite well. Uh, no Ordinary Families ratings are very stable and very secure. Uh you know the, why? The event is is maintaining a very uh, high loyalty index among its viewers and has maintained a steady viewership. Again, why? And, it, yeah, and the, Nikita, which is nothing more than you know eye candy, is well, that's actually okay. oh yeah. yeah <laughs> clearly that's where your your mind wanders. But the reality is, it's nothing more than eye candy. It's not even a good script, and that's still maintaining a good uh, solid for CW anyway.
4: Now, speaking of eye candy, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead, comes out on DVD this week. Now, Dom, oh. you had would, you would caught that, right? Oh, my God, yes.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I,
3: I am such a big fan of this movie, you have no idea. It is perhaps the funniest vampire Shakespeare story you're
4: ever going to read. Oh. Out of yeah. this massive
3: genre. you gotta, you got to understand, there are so many vampire Shakespeare stories to begin with.
0: There were. No, there weren't.
3: But that's okay. because <laughs> I, I swear to God, I have never enjoyed... A va- you know, there have been so many funny vampire movies that just don't make it work. Like hey. Dracula, Dead and Loving Love it. it. Love It First Love bite. bite. Sorry,
4: hey. it's going right in the file. Hey. Was George of- Hamilton worked very hard on that tan for his, for his role <laughs> as Dracula. How do you have a
3: tan, Dracula? Please explain that to me.
4: Because it's a comedy. It
3: okay, fine. But the reality is that this takes two things that don't really lend themselves to being in the same room at the same time, Shakespeare and vampires, and then throws the comedy aspect into it as well. And quite frankly, is, uh, first of all, there's Ralph Macchio is in the movie.
0: Oh, my.
3: The Karate Kid? <laughs> yeah, well, not not so much the Karate Kid anymore. He, he's pretty much the Karate Guy. <laughs> And I mean, the last movie that I saw Ralph Macchio in was Artie Lang's Beer League, which what? he was also absolutely hilarious in, which has nothing to do with sci-fi. It's just the whole I was going to say. Seven Degrees. We're playing Seven Degrees of Ralph Macchio right now. Right. So, right. I mean, <laughs> so after seeing him in that film, to see him in this film, it just floored me. It was just, it, it's, it's a bright little independent film. Write little independent Shakespearean vampire film. Is that – how do you do that? But
0: you did it!
4: Well, some of the best stuff you see out there is from Little Independents. I mean, again, um, one of my favorite uh, horror comedy mashups is uh, some folks we sat next to at Boston Comic-Con earlier this year, the guys who do 664 Neighbor of the Beast. (laughs) you know two seasons and going strong i love that show
3: that is some of the funniest uh, that is one of the funniest web series ever uh i've got it's in my top five
4: without a doubt and and uh george o'connor if you're listening so we can't wait for season three
3: yeah george get moving buddy because you know a number of people at work have been asking me is there a season three and the answer is we're waiting for george
4: (laughs) yeah
0: and you know
4: what? Are they going to be at Comic Con again? Oh, uh, well, you know before we ask that question, is um, isn't it time to spin the wheel of fish? Well,
0: there is no wheel of fish.
4: Okay, let's do the random number generator.
0: There's no random number generator this
3: week. Well, then let's just play okay, some. Let's just cheesy- announce. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's just play some cheesy sound effect then.
0: Oh, damn it! I wasn't ready for that.
1: Work? It's good, right? No, I like let's
3: it. play a better cheesy sound effect than that. How
1: <laughs> uh, about that one?
4: That was nice. I'm glad you set your roommate on fire for the show. My <laughs> <laughs>
1: roommate? I didn't uh, know I had a roommate.
4: Well, yes, but. Um, folks, if agreement? you uh once the show is up on online, uh, if you give us a comment for tonight's show, what can they win this week?
3: This week they'll be able to win Volume Two of David Max Kabuki called Dreams. And if you
4: come in, online, is that a signed volume?
3: I'm looking. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: I don't believe this one is. No.
4: So you can get it signed oh. by David. Oh. No, this one isn't, but oh, you know oh, what? But you could get but you no. you could get it signed by David if you know when you go to the Boston Comic Con this coming year.
0: Because everybody who's anybody will he's be at Boston
3: going Con. to be there. You're absolutely right. Oh, we Boston Comic Con, it's April thirtieth, twenty twelve. Twenty eleven, I'm sorry. April thirtieth to <laughs> May first. April twelve is when the world ends. There will be no more comics. I keep forgetting that. Uh, at the Heinz Convention Center in Boston, Massachusetts, and joining us for the second half hour of our show is Colin Solon. Colin, hi. How you doing? Hi. How are you? Well, he did join us <laughs> for the first half of the show. You
0: realize, right?
3: Yeah, I know. But we now he's also joined us for the second half of the show because I, I like to be very formal about these things. So
2: okay.
1: <laughs> and having been formal.
2: It can never be uh, understated. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Lord no. knows I'll
4: never be accused of understatement. No. But, uh, Colin, tell us about uh, Boston Comic-Con uh, 2011. The guest list was just released uh, recently, and you've got a hell of a guest list.
5: There's some guys who draw re- babes really well coming. I <laughs> think <laughs> <My fingers. laughs> Binsner?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, we first released the guest list uh, at New York Comic Con this year, and it wasn't even the complete guest list that we have now because uh, more people signed on after we had printed up the posters and flyers. And even while I was at the convention, the word spread quickly enough that people were coming up to me not knowing my connection to the show and saying, hey, have you heard about this Boston awesome Comic Con? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I got a pretty good idea about it. Um, yeah, it's definitely uh certainly in my opinion the best uh uh group of talent that's common artists who's ever come to uh the New England area. Um starting off with, you know, a legend like Joe Kubert, who's been working in the industry for I don't know, sixty years longer. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he started. I, I think when he was like 13 years old, starting comics, <laughs> uh, and he's certainly the master that uh, created the uh, Hubert School of Cartooning, which churns out it, the the uh, stars of tomorrow. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah.
4: It has um, been churning out the stars of tomorrow since you know for the last 30, uh, 40 years, since the uh, mid 70s, I believe. Right. His first class had what Steve Buscetta, John Totalbin, Tom Yates in it, and it's just been you know expanding from there.
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, if you have a degree from from the Hubert School, it's, uh, as far as comic goes. That's like Ivy League.
4: Oh, absolutely. Now, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm looking at on the site right now, and I'm looking at the guest list you've got, and I am amazed at some of the names you have.
2: Um, Right after Tokyo... I'm pretty amazed, too. I I, I mean, I don't don't get some some of the guests to come, but um, a lot of the credit goes to uh, Bob Shaw from uh, Comic Art House, and uh, Eric Corpy, who helps him out, and uh, Drunken Randy House, who has definitely pulled pulled in much more than his share uh for the show
4: oh yeah absolutely oh yeah by all means kudos to them to to bringing this together bob shaw as as a friend of the show we are at the official podcast of comicarthouse.com and uh you know bob's been doing this for years and just looking at some of these names, though, you're getting Frank Quitely. Now, I mean, we were talking before Showtime. Uh, this is, like, what, maybe the second time that Frank Quitely has, has done an American show?
2: Um, I, I, I honestly don't know. I've, I personally have only ever heard of him doing, like, one other show that I can recall, doing uh, one other show. So this is definitely a very rare U.S. appearance for him. Okay. Definitely, I I easily expect him to be one of the biggest straws for this convention.
4: Well, let me ask you: who are some of the highlight? Who are some of the ones that you personally are very excited about that are going to be there? Well,
2: definitely some of the ones that have never
4: done Boston before, say.
2: Right, definitely Cuber and Quietly, just because I've never met either of them myself. Um, obviously it. Hard to choose I mean all these guys are great, like Sam Guy <laughs> I'm a a huge I'm such a huge fan of uh, So Timba, so having him come is going to be great. This is his first signing appearance ever in Boston. Um, having Darwin Cook and Art Adams and Adam Hughes all come is amazing. Um, yeah, honestly any one of these guys be a fantastic guest for any show anywhere in America. And having them all together is just that, that much better. It's
0: mind-blowing.
4: It is. I mean, I, I got to tell you, personally, uh, the one name that sticks out for me that I've been wanting to meet for years is Art Adams. Uh, I've been going to cons in New England for since, like, the late 80s, and I can't remember him ever coming New Eng- to New England, let alone... Uh, Boston, and I'm just my hat's off to you for bagging such an amazing talent there. And it tells me that you know I've got to you know set up a second mortgage on the house now because (laughs) I got to get some original artwork from him.
2: Yeah, yeah, his his stuff definitely doesn't come cheap. But um, I've only met him once before, and he's he's a wicked nice guy. So uh, definitely make sure to make a beeline for his table first thing as soon as you get in the door, really.
5: Uh, I think Absolutely. between X and I, the house is going to be in danger. Yeah. Huh?
4: <laughs> we'll be broadcasting from a cardboard box after the Austin Comic-Con. It's not
3: a problem because none of us are going to have any money by the time we're done. I can see this one coming already.
5: I'm between- excited with Matt Wagner coming because with I just started reading Madame Xanadu. I know it's been out for a while, but I really just started reading it, and I am just so in love with it. It's such a great book. From what yeah. I understand, it's doing really well, and which I'm glad for. I've, I've been a Matt Wagner fan back all the way to when he was doing Grendel. Um, so that's exciting for me, to get to meet Matt, to be mm-hmm. able to try to get to meet Matt, Matt Wagner.
2: Right, yeah, he's, he's yeah. definitely uh, a fantastic
4: artist and an advocate of, uh, a writer. Yeah. Now, you had said there were some other artists that that uh, we're we're signing up with you as soon as you you know you made the announcement in New York. Is there anybody who we can't see on the uh, website right now that you know is going to be there?
2: Uh, I do. I did get word from uh, from Nick and Jim, the promoters, that they just got Gehan uh, Wilson, who is uh, Gayhan uh, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, the, the Playboy artist. From, yeah, the Playboy artist. In New York, oh uh, yeah. my god! Yeah, so what? that's uh, that's. Nick. That's the exclusive
4: for you. Uh, we're announcing it for the first time here. Woo! Oh my! <clears throat> I mean, oh, how interesting! Say <laughs> yes. Only one of the premier horror artists of the 20th century. That that's that's rather interesting. You should sit <laughs> him next to any podcast that may happen to be setting up at your show. Yeah, <laughs>
3: I can't imagine why we would not to do that. That would just be the wrong thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be having that happening at all. But
0: I wow. would miss the underburbs. <laughs> well, <laughs> the underburbs, be there. <laughs>
5: you
4: know, the Boston Comic-Con only has so much influence. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll see the underburbs there. Any? Who else do we have?
2: Um, that's the only other name I have uh, on deck. That I can uh, talk about right now. I mean, we we're talking to some other traders whose schedules um, don't really let them commit this far out. But uh, so, several of them have, uh, that I've spoken to personally have they 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 said they're definitely interested and they'd like to come up to uh, you know hang out in Boston, meet some New England fans, and certainly. A lot of them are friends with a lot of these other artists, so you know it's a good opportunity for everyone to hang out. Um, but we, until they know what their work schedule is going to be like, they uh, they they just can't say yes or no yet. Um, I am going out to LA in two weeks to go after a very very big name. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to go, but uh, hopefully it'll make for a big announcement um, sometime. In- summer And perhaps you would consider Very making nice. it on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Uh, yeah! <laughs> if, 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 if it works out, uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give, you, give you the exclusive and announce it. Yeah, that.
4: that would be awesome. Uh, we love you guys. We would we would appreciate that, Colin. Uh, well, again, though, I mean, just you know. The Boston Comic-Con is always jam-packed with artists. I mean, yes, you've always got your headliners, but, I mean, one of the things that always makes it for me is your indie artist Sally. You know, that's how we've discovered a lot of our, you know, favorite comics like The Underburbs, like, you know, up-and-coming talents like Sarah Richards, Tracy Lee Quinn, and so forth. So, you know, hopefully they'll be returning as well. Um, One thing I wanted to talk to you about, Right now we're seeing a lot of stuff in the news about uh, con wars. Now, I got to say, Boston Comic-Con is a hell of a heavy hitter when it comes to, uh, you know, Comic-Cons, and uh, I just want to know, what what would you want to say to our listeners who have never been to the Boston Comic-Con, why it is they should go to the the Boston show, your show, as opposed to any other show?
2: Well... For one thing, we're completely a fan-run, independently independent show. You know, uh, Nick and Jimmy—they started the the Boston Comic Con. Uh, I think about five years now. Just um, starting out with little one-day Sunday shows, and they they built the show from where it started to you know where it is now, and and I, and and where it's clearly going, which hopefully will be. Um, a show on par with, say, Heroes Con or Baltimore Comic-Con or Emerald City Comic-Con, which are all destination events for comic book fans that you know, they make a point of going to every year. So the whole point in, in creating the show was to make a great comic book show for the New England area and in Boston.
4: So we're, especially, though, the focus is on comic books and comic book creators.
2: Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, we are, we're all fans of this medium, and we just want to celebrate it as much as we can and bring as many of these creators to meet their New England fans.
0: You know, this goes back to a previous discussion that we were having with one of our previous guests. I, I think this whole con wars is very contrived because first of all there aren't enough cons in the New England Boston area to actually have any competition. There's Yeah, that- I mean I I
2: think there's there's room for everybody to to do their thing and uh and you know help and give the fans of uh of comics and sci-fi and uh all, all all kinds of genre fiction um, to to work in, uh, in confusion with each other, you know. I mean,
0: exactly. I mean, other cons we've been to have been more heavily sci-fi, fantasy-based. I mean, um, X and the Dead Redhead went to a horror con, but Boston Comic Con is definitely very comics-oriented, and you're just not going to get that experience at any other con. Right,
2: exactly.
3: It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we like it or anything, but I, I got to tell you, I, have some, I had so much fun last year. Actually, I've oh, had agree. fun every year that I've gone. i say uh, that. You know, I, you, from a personal standpoint, you know, the, the one-on-one ability to sit and talk with 30, 40, 50 different artists is amazing. I mean, and that's one of the things that's always made it work well for me.
2: Yeah. Um, right. Well, well, that's, that's the great thing about a, a convention this size, is you can have the, the time and the opportunity to have the personal interaction with the creators. And it's not like, you know, a huge bunch of people with you know, everyone jockeying for a position in a huge line.
4: Well Exactly. That's something I've always thought was a big strength of being a comic book fan is that, you know, if you're a fan of novels or, you know, a certain actor or director or whatever, you know, it's almost a given. You will never meet that person. But, you know, comic books are very interactive. I know if I'm a fan of a certain comic book, you know, if – because I happen to live in the, the greater Boston area, sooner or later, Boston Comic Con will get that person. And I'll be able to, to meet them, and I won't have to you know, necessarily wait in a gated line or anything. I will be able to walk up, shake that person's hand, say, you did a hell of a job on Avengers 27 or whatever. You know, but, it's, a, it's very nice to be able to look, look the creator in the eye and say, I really appreciate what you did. You know, it's very grat- I imagine it's got to be gratifying for the creators as well. Be like, wow, totally people not. like my stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when when I talk to a lot of these creators, they, they like coming out to uh to to the conventions because you know most of the time they're they're holed up in their office somewhere, you know, drawing, 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 and, uh, or you know, like right, typing on the, on the computer, and they don't have you know the inter- direct interaction with the fans or uh, they don't really, you know, they might not see the love that they get as much as, you know, when they, get, then they go to these conventions and, you know, people are showing up with copies to get signed or, uh, you know, with their sketchbooks, just, you know, looking to get a little, uh, a little you know, a memory of, of uh, the time they got to meet the favorite creator.
4: Well, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Another strength of Boston Comic Con is that you can go buy a blank book <laughs> and walk, you know, go to the Boston show and come away with a unique collection of original artwork from dozens of artists. You know, um, Dead Redhead here has been collecting. What it, what is the theme of your book again?
5: Well, let's start it off. With, it's It's got several different things. It started off with vampires after a while, and thanks to Terry Moore, who's another one of the people who's going to be coming, it kind of turned into vampires, mermaids, uh, vampires mummies, and mermaids. So,
4: <laughs> you, you asked him to do Kachu from Strangers in Paradise right. as a vampire mummy
0: mermaid.
5: No, he made it that way. I told him is a vampire, and he decided to make her a mummy mermaid. With fangs. With fangs.
1: Yes. <laughs> which is one of my favorite drawings in the book.
5: I love that drawing, which kind of, you know, reset the whole tone. And I don't care because it's wonderful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and these are things that you cannot buy.
5: No. Well, no one no, no, can no. buy my book.
0: Well, well, well no, I mean, the, like, well, the, the memories. You can't. The memories.
4: No, you and can give lots of money to hardworking artists. And uh, <laughs> speaking I, I as an the artist.
0: experience you, is something you can.
4: Jeez, I know. Well, I'm just saying, it's always a good idea to give artists lots and lots of money,
0: uh, yes. especially
4: yeah, if you're in Boston.
0: You know what else you said? <laughs> Redheaded podcast hosts need lots of money too. Oh, really? Oh yes.
4: Yes. Oh, and what are you willing to do for that money? <laughs>
0: we'll Careful. Talk about it later. <laughs> Careful. <laughs>
4: Uh, another thing I'm looking forward to is the costumes. We're
0: just really cute. Yeah, uh,
4: yeah. We'll bat our eyelashes
0: go. at
4: you. No, but no, uh, the cast of Sci-Fi Saturday Night uh, helped uh, judge the costumes at, last, at this, the 2010 Boston Comic Oh, Common God, Club. that was so much fun. That was I, I hope we get a chance to do that again because that was a lot of fun. One of my favorite memories from this year's uh, Boston Comic Con was seeing this, this kid um, in a, uh, a wheelchair dressed as Green Lantern that was awesome. go, by, go by our, our, our um, booth. And then like a minute later, some guy walked by as Sinestro and the kid comes back and they have a fight right, in, right outside of our booth and everyone whips out cameras as they're posing for this this fight and i was like they're not doing much and they're like oh no no we're going to photoshop all kinds of green lantern effects after this it was just so cute to see them like
5: <laughs> and we had all those little ones that ended up winning um little
0: prizes because they deserved it every little one deserves yes. a prize that's so true
4: um yeah Colin, I've got to say, Boston Comic-Con is one of the more kid-friendly cons out there. I mean, is that intentional?
2: Oh, it's absolutely intentional. I mean, the kids, seeing the kids in the costume, getting into, getting into comics, getting into reading in general is, is something, you know, great. It's something that we, can, that we as, as the comic book community can give back to, you know, the future.
4: Absolutely. I mean, I just, because I've been to a lot of shows, um, I uh, I gotta say, I was at the Pittsburgh show for a few years, and that was very, what? that was, no, no, that was very adult-oriented. I mean, there were a lot of TNA comics and actual Playboy bunnies there, and I'm like, what does this have to do with comics, people? And, uh, Doesn't
0: matter. Shut I, up. There were bunnies. A,
4: but you know what, though, I like, you know, being able to see a little five, you know, four-year-old girl in Wonder Woman underoos, you know, walk around and saying, "I got a Wonder Woman sketch," and it's like, well, I know that girl is going to go out and buy a lot of comics now and just have a lifelong joy of the medium. Whereas, You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely Sorry, right. Colin.
0: Have we derailed this conversation into memory lane?
4: <laughs> no, no, well, no, it's just, I mean, again, there's this, one of the strengths of the show is the fact that we've got a lot of the past to draw on from. I mean, how long has uh, Nick and Jimmy been doing this?
2: Uh, about five years now.
4: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's been getting bigger and bigger every year, hasn't it? I mean, that's, that's just why yeah, you have the yeah. location now.
2: Yeah, every successive year. I mean, like, we we fully anticipated... Staying at, at the old location for another, you know, two or three years, but then we just had a huge explosion of uh, of attendees at the last show, and uh, and and we just had to, we knew we have to move to the Heinz's here because it's it's a bigger venue, uh, it's more centrally located, and uh, it's it's just more conducive to to uh, to accommodate the um, popularity of the convention. Right. And, well, uh, I mean,
4: again, last year was the first year that we did one of your shows, so I'm sure that had a lot to contribute to it. You know, uh, we should have yeah. warned you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a sci-fi Saturday night effect. Sorry, we
1: didn't that. Oops. Silly
0: mm. ass. Awesome.
2: I can also say, um, hopefully, starting November 15th, we're going to be starting to take uh, online sale, uh, uh, online sale for, for tickets for the show. So, Really? That early? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, awesome. That's what's the most Six fun, months that's only. a So, uh, yeah. Um, so, hopefully, that will alleviate the problems we had uh, at the last show with, uh, with Long Lines for ticket sales.
4: Oh, one other thing I wanted to bring up. Now, this year's show, isn't this going to coincide with Free Comic Book Day?
2: No. Free Comic Book Day is the following uh, weekend. Is it? Yeah, it's the free comic book day is always the first Saturday in May.
4: Right, and oh, May first will be a Sunday, right? Sorry, right. All right, my bad. But again, I segue. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well,
2: that just gives you you know two, two uh, consecutive weekends for uh, for comic book goodness.
4: Right. <laughs> exactly. all the creators can hype their free comic books you know for the following weekend exactly exactly oh my god man this is going to be a great show know, it's going to be amazing i like show.
0: bouncing up and down hyper
4: oh and that would be different at, from how what are we looking at as <laughs> far as ticket
2: prices uh the tickets um What? what, what I believe it's going to be uh twenty dollars for a one day pass and uh thirty five dollars for a weekend pass.
4: Okay. so it'll be a will it be a three-day show then or two day?
2: Two day, two day, just uh April thirtieth, May first.
5: Less expensive than getting your picture with James Marsters.
4: Holy oh, shit.
5: Snap Wow, wow. Oh.
4: Ouch. <laughs> Wow. Now now. Are you doing any any uh discounts for like a pre-order or anything like that or
2: Uh well, it uh it's the thir- 35 it's instead of $40 for the two day, it'll be 35.
4: Okay.
3: Okay. And to get the Boston Comic-Con's website, all you have to do is go to our links page or, or click on uh
0: This week's podcast will have a link. Click on this
3: week's podcast, and it'll take you right to their website where you can bask in the glory of comic book goodness and decide that this is a place to go, this is a place to be. Uh, Let's put it this way, fellows and girls, I'm going to be there. (laughs) So if nothing else, come and see the Dome. and, And my good friend David Mack. That's <laughs> Because my intention is to walk in with a cup of tea for David Mack and put my arms around him and hug him. <laughs> and I've that's
4: totally
0: not,
3: totally that's not <laughs> creepy? Well, if
4: that's not worth the price of admission,
0: I do not know whats what I have a friend uh, who dead life. Redhead, we're losing you. I can't, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I think that X and I may have a friend
5: who is going to show off her rogue outfit again after she did in Halloween. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. I mean,
0: uh, exciting.
1: <laughs> uh, no, who said looking that?
4: Forward this. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, my God. Colin... Uh, I can't tell you how excited we are for next year's uh, Boston Comic Con show. Thank you very much for coming on the show at such short notice. We really appreciate your, uh, you know, helping us p- plug the show.
2: Well, thanks for having me on, and uh, we appreciate all the uh, efforts you do to to help us promote the Boston Comic
4: Con. Excellent. And uh, do we have do we have any background music, folks? <laughs>
0: already going. Nice. You just usually complain it's too loud. Well, now you can't hear it. That's what you get.
4: <laughs> I'm going to. I'm sorry. So, ladies and gentlemen, on the coming up calendar, next week, John Talarico of RunawayCreations.com plugs the latest release video game, Attraction. Then on November 20th, Thomas Gofton of Sin Studios gives an exclusive look at the new web series, Mind's Eye. And on December 4th, Ann Zabla guides us through the historical fantasy epic webcomic series, Chalkin. Sci Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Robin Kim Shaw at comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music is provided by Zanoi's. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes ohm. D- um.
3: I want to thank Colin Solon and this wonderful preview of Boston Comic-Con. And hopefully we're going to hear a lot of... a lot of... What?
0: <laughs>
3: thank you! You <laughs> <laughs> From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the woman who really can't handle the soundboard tonight, Kriana, thanks for all the people. You, know. <laughs> you,
0: you can't handle the truth,
3: okay? <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and the dead redhead. Excelsior!
5: Hi, everyone!
3: And this is the Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.